at this church right here in Lakewood, California. We're so thankful to uh, know the Camarinas and uh, glad that our paths crossed. And uh, we're praying the blessing of God upon this church. We pray for this church. We pray for you. Even though we don't know you, we're looking forward to getting to know some of y'all. And we're just so honored to be here today. <clears throat> My God is a is a peacemaker. And he's he's never failed us. And I don't know about you, but he's brought me through so many trials, throwing so many mountaintops and valleys that uh, that I have to give him praise this morning. Why don't you lift your hands and worship the Lord one more time this morning? My daughter sings. Well, we love you. We thank you for it. You're so good. You're so wonderful, God. We give you praise. You've never failed us, God. You're so good.
sometimes it's, it's a little awkward and you want to be reserved to, to a certain degree. Take your liberty, uh, brother. And I just know that that, uh, that uh, we're going to have a good time around here this morning. And say praise the Lord. Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 2. I've got three very short portions of scripture to read in your hearing, and uh, the sooner you can turn to those, the sooner you can have a seat. And so, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2, Genesis 42, and John chapter 12. Praise God. It's it's an honor again to be here. We hail from the city of Oakland. Uh, Pastor uh, Curtis Young sends his greetings and uh, specifically told me to tell you that uh, Elder and Pastor Camarena, uh, our pastor, sends his greetings. And um, we come from the town. We come from the town. And I grew up in and around, was born uh, into a home on uh, 69th and MacArthur. Run the city streets of Oakland all my life. And uh, high speed chases, uh, side shows, and you name it. Uh, up and down uh, the East Bay. And uh, we didn't go to San Jose. That was small time to us. <laughs> but honor your bishop and your pastor this morning and just so thankful to know them and I'm looking forward to many more years of friendship. Amen. <coughs> Praise God. Well, Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 18, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I want to I want to stop right there. Read that again. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. Everyone say alone. alone. Genesis chapter 42 and verse 38. Genesis 42 and 38. Genesis 42, verse 38. The Bible says, and he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. Everyone say, alone. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. I'd like to read found in John chapter 12 starting in verse 24 the gospel of John praise God while you're finding that I want to say it's it's also a treat to have all the visitors here today so good to have each and every one of you and I mean this is the best place uh, in this city that you can be on, on any Sunday morning and uh, these are good men and, um, and we're thankful to know that. 
John chapter 12, starting in verse 24. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. It abideth alone. Everyone say, alone. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, would you hold them here to your hearts and pray for the word of the Lord this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to be in your house. We're praying, oh God, that you would touch each and every soul, that you would move and minister, God, in this house. That you would touch, that you would walk, that you would reach, that you would help every soul, every heart, God, every family member, every situation of ailment, pain, sickness, oh God, desperation, God, loneliness, hurting, God, disease, God. I pray that you would heal them all, that you would touch them all by your mighty power, by your blood, by your spirit, by the power of your name, God. And for that, God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. In this life, we are faced with so many challenges and obstacles. Just to make it through uh, in one piece in our day, is considered a miracle because of all the filth, because of all the drama that uh, this life presents us with. Uh, it's a miracle that one would make it through in one piece. I uh, myself have have a testimony uh, that I may share if I feel during the course of this message that God had rescued me out of a pit and my life was headed to uh, a burning hell and I had I had no way out because I grew up in a Christless home. Life has its way of eating at your mind, presenting you with thoughts of despair, regret, and remorse. It's just it's just how life is based. It hurts. Uh, every everybody in this house knows what I'm talking about when I speak of the pains of life. And uh, can you say praise the Lord? There are those with thoughts of suicide and treachery even in the church of God. It's, it's unfortunate that that's, that's the world that we live in. The church is a hospital and, and we're sick and we're in need of healing and in need of the great physician. And Jesus is in the house this morning to meet every need. Amen. Can you say praise, praise the, Lord. the Lord? Jesus is in this house Amen. to touch your broken heart, to touch your hurting soul. Come on now. Come on now. He's the peace speaker. Praise God. Praise God. So many times we seek help in medicine or illicit relationships and affairs that will never satisfy Surrounded by crowds on a dance floor, or at the mall, or even a park, or even the ball game. Forgive me if I'm 
uh, yelling too much. I right. just feel this uh, this morning. Amen. Um, Amen. Unfortunately, you can even feel this feeling of, of, of utter loneliness sitting on an apostolic pew. Amen. Jesus, come on. It's unfortunate today, but unless we stay plugged in, unless we uh, have our hearts full of the Spirit of God, yes, it's easy for the devil to attack us amen. and to put a spirit of depression upon us to make us feel like we don't mean nothing to God. But I'm here to tell you that you're the apple of his eye. Yes, he knows the hairs on your head. Yes. He knows when the sparrow falls. Now therefore, when he's not knowing the child of God, That same Jesus is here in the house today. Praise God. Having a life full of friends, full of excitement, full of adventure, but never being satisfied. Alone, 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 alone. And somebody in this house, somebody in this place, I don't know who you are, but but uh, for the last week or so, I've been I've been preparing my mind, my heart. For this message, and and we are feeling this feeling that somebody in this house needs this message. There is a a time, a season in life where every one of us, if we're not careful, we can feel this feeling of alone, loneliness, alone, alone, alone. Right. Yes, it even happens on church pews when we're not connected with God. One evangelist had his people uh, stand up uh, and give a daily account of all that they did in their lives. He said, tomorrow we're having service. And I want you to document everything that you had done uh, that previous day. And I want you to uh, tell the church what it was that you had done spending your time uh, during the day. So through the course of the service, he had one stand up and had another stand up and, and let them know that uh, it was their turn. When they stood, uh, they gave an account of how the stuff that they had done from the morning and the noon time and in the evening time. And what ended up happening was that the sad account was that most of all broke down crying in the midst of their testimony, telling them uh, what they did that day. And uh, they were they were ashamed. They were they were embarrassed because they spent such little time in prayer. They spent little time with the Lord. And if you're gonna make it in this Christian living, if you're gonna make it in living for God, if you're gonna go all the way to see the pearly gates, you're gonna have to have a relationship with Him. Come on. Jesus name when I was a young man I I, I wandered the streets I, I, I can't tell you uh, my testimony today it's too long God's just done so much for me we, we've been in all kind of you, you name it we've been in all kind of everything shooting shootouts you name it but bad drug deals good drug deals all drug deals are bad drug deals but I'm telling you 
just bad situations, filthy situations. Yeah. I'm telling you, God had rescued me and dug me out of a pit. Yeah. <laughs> but there was something on me. There was something in, in life when I was, I don't know if it happened when I was 16. I don't know if it happened when I was 17. But I, but I just began to feel this, this feeling of, of not belonging, not knowing what what my what my avenue and life was, what my I don't know what my niche was, who my group was, and who who I, where I belonged. And, and I didn't have a church. I didn't go up on a pew. I didn't know hardly anything about God other than just uh, the Christmas songs that my mama would sing at Christmas time. I didn't know nothing about it, but but there was something driving me. There was something working on me deep in my heart. I felt this spirit, this feeling. This despair of loneliness that came on me, and I would, I would go to the city a lot of time. I would be downtown, even San Francisco, most of the time, and just disappear by myself and wander the streets. And I would, I would talk to different folks, and there was something about it that I could be there in the midst of that uh, city on a Saturday morning, or even on a busy Monday morning, where. Uh, businessmen and people and, and buses and taxis would drive down the road and then here's Joey walking all by himself and I would have this great feeling of loneliness on my heart. It was just a spirit of loneliness and despair upon me. I, I had this anger also that was digging on me at the same time because my family was broken up at, a, at an early age. I witnessed Drugs and and breaking and burglaries and it, I mean you name it went on. By the time I was eight years old and by the time I was eighteen years old, I was broken. I was all messed up, man. I I, I was I was arrested at my house just a few days after I turned eighteen and just. Just a terrible, terrible deal. All back and forth. In, in and out of Santa Rita. In and out of Alameda. In and out of Cocoa County. In and out of San Jose. The farm. I'm telling you, it was, it was a mess. It was a mess. It was a mess. But but somehow, I, I, don't, I don't know, this, this feeling of loneliness kind of drove me. And then the anger that worked on me just... just just ate me up, and I I got into terrible situations, terrible relationships, and and uh, was involved in uh, graffiti and and uh, you name it, just raves, drugs, and I mean, God forgive me, I I, I am not glorifying anything that I have ever done. It's not fun. It's not it's not right. It's not something that you guys want to take a part of because if you would have saw me then, you would have saw me when my life was broken. Oh. I was alone. I was alone. I was alone. There's somebody in this house today that feels that feeling. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm talking to somebody today. You may have never experienced the things that I've experienced, but I'm telling you, you're alone. You're alone in the midst of the crowd. You're alone. remember driving down the seminary being so, so, so smoked out. You have no idea on whatever I was on. 
Chewy and Coke and marijuana, you you name it, you name it. Ecstasy, acid, all that. And, and just just all messed up. Just all messed up. And and I, I, I rode with the biggest, the baddest. I knew them. I knew them. They were, they were Big Jimmy and Spice One and all those cats. I knew them. And it was, this was this was part of me. This was part of my life. And but but there was something that worked on me, even though I had my friends, even though I had these acquaintances, these people that would that would ride or die. I, I just I just had this feeling of alone. 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 That was God working on me. You know it. I didn't know that, but that was God working on me. Back when I was a young man, I ended up about about six months before I ended up getting saved. I I, I was I was out there in 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 Oakland, and I I called my mom and I said, Mom, my life my life is just going uh, down the hole. I'm telling you, it was. It was so bad. I needed a change. I needed to do something. And she said, "Honey, why don't you why don't you start your life over? Why don't you move out of state? Why don't you do something?" I said, "Mom, that's what I need to do. I I got people trying to kill me. I got people I'm trying to kill. I got I got I mean, I, and I, like I said, I I wasn't I wasn't tough. I'm not trying to tell you I was awesome. I'm not telling you I was a writer. I'm just saying that that was me. That was me. That was just my life. That was just a lot that fell on me. And that was where I grew up. And I just, that's just what I did. And, uh, and so, and so I had gotten all this trouble, man. It was a deal. I, I, I had my car tire slashed and, and the phantom top on my, uh, my Regal, I had an 84 Regal. I mean, it was nice, man. It was, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was awesome. Man. I'm t- no, I'm just joking. <laughs> and uh, and so I had, I had some damage that I had, I had lost everything. I, I mean, it was, it was so bad. I got fired from my job. I got, I got uh, kicked out of my apartment. I lost my, my best friend. I lost my, my car. Got totaled. I mean, just you name it. Everything came crashing down on me. I had three arrests for my, uh, for my, uh, three warrants for my arrest, and, and the judge told me that I would receive nine months for every every case, and had, was facing 27 months, and and then I just, but but beyond it all, I still had this feeling of loneliness on me. I had this feeling of loneliness, and it had developed into a, a spirit of death. I'm telling you, I, I thought for I thought for real. I thought, man, I am gonna die. I thought, but but I but I wasn't afraid to die. It was it wasn't like that. It was it was something more depth. It was something more powerful. Something something more motivating in my heart. I felt this presence, this spirit of death on me. I just I couldn't shake it. Everywhere I went, everything I did, I just I felt this presence. I don't know. It was like somebody was with me. Somebody was there. Something was. There. I don't know. I'm not trying to get all spooky this morning. I'm just telling you, I felt the spirit, the presence of death on me. And as a sinner, that's that, that's the only way I could explain it at the time. Because I've been I've been depressed so long, I've been alone so long that this just worked on me day after day after day after day after day. And there's so many people outside these city walls that need the gospel that that feel that pain, that feel that loneliness, that feel that burden. And it's our job as the church to get out there and reach them and draw them into the house that God has made for us. Some of y'all been in church so long you forgot what it's like. I know I have. 
Praise God. I've been living for God for 21 years. And, uh, and it's one more year that, uh, that I lived in the world. And, uh, and so right around the time of my 20th birthday, all this, this stuff came crashing down. And my, my mom told me, she said, you need to get out of town. And, and I got some money from her. And I got some uh, tires from my car from my dad and, and worked on my car a little bit and piled everything into my car that I could, that I could pile in. And I, I, I left everything behind in the apartment. And just like I said, I left friends, I left family, I left everybody. I, I didn't know what to do. I just decided to leave the state and head, head to the Brooklyn, New York. I had an acquaintance that I had met while locked up that, that had some family in Brooklyn. So I was headed off to Brooklyn. And my car broke down in the desert. And and uh, the car broke down, and I I didn't know I didn't know what I was gonna do, and I called my mom, and I said, Mom, uh, what do I do? And she said, Look, it, your 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 uncle doesn't live but three four hours from there, and uh, he's gonna come, he's gonna he's gonna pick you up and tow you tow you back, and and he's gonna give you a ride to his house, and 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 that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of of death, that feeling of pain of desperation came on me while I was right there. I mean, I just, I'm out in the middle of the desert. I'm out in the middle of the desert at a, at a gas station. And, and then all of a sudden, some crazy, uh, some crazy uh, deadheads come showed up. And they, they gave me some peyote. And we, we, we went on a trip. And man, I went out in the middle of the desert, man. And that, that feeling drove me. That, that spirit just was on me of loneliness, of loneliness, of of such a burden and such a passion in my heart that I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And it took another day for my uncle to make it. My uncle came and picked me up. And in, and in two weeks, um, I, had, I had made it to Idaho and, and where my uncle lives. And in two weeks, I had, uh, was facing 10 years with a felony case. What? He caught up I'm telling you, it was, it was dumb. I'm telling you, I was dumb. I was dumb. I was just a fool. I brought myself with me. My, my grandmother told me before I left, she said, honey, she said, do yourself a favor. If you want to start your life over, that's wonderful. She said, but don't bring Joey with you. If you bring Joey with you, you're going to end up in the same mess. Praise God. And some of you, when you came in here this morning, you put your luggage right there by the door. And I challenge you today, when you walk out of this place, walk out as a new person. Walk out. story, I apologize. Praise God. But it's what God has for us this morning. Can you say praise the Lord? Lord. Ended up uh, incarcerated. My mom panicked. She she grew up Pentecostal. I had no idea. I I didn't know. She she backslid as a girl. Man, I I, I was locked up just, just 900 miles away from home facing all these years. I didn't know what I was going to do. You talk about alone. You talk about hurt. You talk about uh, desperation. But but one thing I knew is that God was in control. Yes. Amen. I knew that. Right. And I'll tell you how I knew that. Because the night I was the night before I was arrested, I, I, I got this Bible from an acquaintance and I kept it with me. 
I didn't know nothing about the Bible, but I bowed my knee on the side of my, my little trailer that I was staying in, little motorcycle motorcycle trailer outside the, my uncle's house. And, and I bowed my knee at the side of my, my uncle's house. I didn't know how to pray. I was a sinner. I had, I had no idea even what to do. I just I just bowed my knee, and I, I rested my knees on the floor, and I grabbed that pile, and I, I pulled it close, and I just said, God, I don't know you, God, but I want to know you, I, I don't know anything about this word, but I want to know about this word. And that morning, task force rolled up on the lawn and was in the alley behind the house. And on the, I mean, it was a deal. They, they, I, I, I'm not John Gotti, but they acted like I was. I'm telling you, it was a deal. So my mom, she panicked. She called my aunt, who was a, who was an Assemblies of God pastor's wife. My uncle being a Simmons God preacher for many, many years. She said, she said, honey, would you go and uh, she said, would you help me find a church, a pastor, come visit my son? And uh, and he needs he needs help. He, he's he's facing all these years. My aunt, my aunt Evelyn, let me tell you how God works. God's so awesome. Um, my aunt Evelyn, she calls and she calls 411 and she doesn't know what she's just shooting in the dark. Dial phone, can I can I get a Pentecostal church? And, and some of you don't know what that was, but in, in my day you dial 411, you get information for any place that uh, you need a phone number for. And uh, and so she asked for a Pentecostal church, and and the first man on the list was Calvary. Pentecostal church. He was a oneness, Jesus name, apostolic gentleman that brought me the gospel. Praise God. Praise God. But not only that, he was the police chaplain for that city. So he had he had special audience permission to come into that jailhouse there and, and teach me Bible study. And he stood on my behalf in front of the judge and, and vouched for me. And then he ended up uh, letting me live with him. He bailed me out of jail. Let me live with him and his wife and got me a job and got me an apartment. Yeah. Got me enrolled in school and, and taught me Bible studies. Continued to work with me. And, and then I met my wife. And, and, uh, and life started looking better, man. He baptized me in Jesus' name. And I and prayed my soul through the Holy Ghost. All because I got out in the open. Right there on the side of my bed. I tell you what, God knows how to do it. Yeah. Praise God. And that feeling of loneliness, yeah. that, that feeling of death just lifted off of me. Yes. In a moment, man, I, I wanted to witness to everybody. I was I was speaking at public schools. I was working with the, the drug enforcement officers at the at the uh, jails. I mean, uh, schools there, jails, schools there, and. Uh, we, we were talking to auditoriums full of kids. I had all these letters of recommendation, a witness of character from the top officials in the school, some teachers and all this stuff. I was, man, they, they, they made a big deal out about, about, you know, this, 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 this guy from Oakland, California, come out here and talk about drugs and gangs and growing up in the Bay Area. And, and so we did all that. And then I, I was talking to one of my buddies back in San Jose and said, hey, I said, I'll tell you what, man, you, you need to come up here and live with us. Because he was talking about suicide, killing himself. And, and he came up and we stayed a little while and we tried to bring him to church. And he was, really wasn't trying to commit himself. He really didn't want to, he didn't really want to live for God. But he, but he brought with him some, some Mexican rum. And, 
and, and peer pressure and whatever partying and whatever and talking with them, whatever happened. And I, I ended up drinking some with them. Man, here I am trying to be a witness. Here I am trying to do the right thing. Here I am trying to trying to reach this guy. And then I ended up uh, drinking some alcohol with him. And one thing turned into another, man. And we got in an argument. And we ended up in the back alley. We squared up. And, and I was too drunk. And he picked up a pipe and he hit me in the head. 15 times, and I was suffering from uh, multiple subarachnoid brain hemorrhages. And just You wouldn't believe the blood was on my brain. And they rushed me to the hospital, and, and I'm, I'm speeding through the story, but I, I'm just getting to a point. I, I, I was there in the hospital, and, and man, this, this girlfriend that I had, she was beautiful. Man, I thought she was awesome, and I ended up marrying her. And she... She was a Mormon. And, and I tell you what, I should have listened to my pastor. He said, I don't have nothing to do with her. But, but I was persistent, man. I wanted to see God do something. I'm telling you what. So, so we had debated back and forth. We had, we had argued so many times back and forth about her faith and my faith. And, and man, she was sincere. She really wanted to be saved. And, and I had this newfound faith. And I, I went... I went to the church one time. She said, she said, just go. Just go see what it's like. And I said, all right. I'll tell you what. I'm going to go and I'm going to go see. And I, I prayed about it. I said, God, if this is the right deal, if this is the right church and I'm in the wrong thing, I want you to show me. You know God answers prayers like that? Yes, he does. He's a personal God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And I went to this Mormon church, and I slipped in the back door. I didn't know where I was going, and I just came in there, and all of a sudden, it was just all elderly men, like 60 and up, all white-haired men. It was, it was their class for that day. I, I, it was the elders or whatever. So I walked in. I'm like, ooh. And then they said, they said, no, 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 come on over. There's an NPC. Come on, sit down, son. And I sat down, and, and then this man began to preach about uh, the prophet and how he poured water on the altar on Mount Carmel. And, and the fire came down from heaven. Who's God? Who, I mean, it was a deal. It was, I mean, he taught this lesson out of the word of God. And I thought, man, this is awesome. You know, here I am going to hear this, this good teaching. And I'm, I'm, I got this prayer in the back of my heart, man. God's going God's gonna to show me this morning. This is the real deal. And so I'm sitting there listening. And then he said, God told the prophet to go kill, uh, to go kill all those other false prophets. And then I, I thought, I thought, wait a minute. Because he did. He ended up killing them. But. But I said, God didn't say that to myself. And then I lifted my hand up. And then all these other men in the audience, they, in, the, in the church, they were like, no, 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 no. Put your hand up. Put your hand down. So I kept putting my hand up. I said, excuse me. I want to, you know. And then he said, wait a minute. He goes, he goes uh, you know, uh, he goes, we got a question over here. Let me, ask, let me let this young man ask a question. So I said, show me in the word of God where it said that God told him to kill the prophets. And he said, it says that. I said, well, it doesn't say that. He said, it says that. I said, I didn't say that. And all these men in the background, ah, shut that boy up. Shut that boy up. Tell him to be quiet. Tell him to shut up. I said, I said, man, I said, listen, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it doesn't say that God told the prophet to kill him. It just said that he did that. He said, I'll tell you what. Let's read it. So he picked up the word of God and he started reading it. And all the men were reading together. We're all reading. And he stops right in the middle of the chapter. And he says, you know what, son, you're right. He said, I, it doesn't say that. I thought it said that. You're right, son. I'm sorry. And I said, thank you very much. I stood up from my seat. I said, thank 
you very much. I said, you know what? I came in here this morning asking God if he would show me the true church. And if this was it, he showed me. This ain't it. God bless you. <laughs> And he gave me hope that night. He allowed me to see 
a Bible. I, I closed my eyes because I didn't want to look and you look so scary. I closed my eyes and in my head I saw an open Bible and one verse lit up. It's John 14, 14. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That was the verse that lit up to me. So I held on to that verse because I felt so alone. I felt so small. I felt I don't belong to nobody. I don't belong nowhere. And my best friend is gonna be dying. So I held on to that hope that I had. And so that night they took me to the um, police took me down to the police station and questioned me. Found out I had nothing to do with it, so they took me home. And I went upstairs to my apartment and I fell on my knees. And that's the first time that I ever prayed to Jesus all by myself. And I cried out, and I didn't even know how to pray. I, I was a sinner. But I fell on my knees, and I said, Jesus, I believe that you are God now. And I told him, if you save Joey's life, I will give you my life. Yes. And I promise you, that morning when I woke up, the loneliness was gone. Yes. The fear was gone. The worries was yes. gone. If everything was different. I got up, I went to the bathroom, put my hair up, brushed my hair, and I felt a person, I felt a presence with me. Yeah. I went downstairs, grabbed my key, drive to the, to the hospital to see him. There was no fear in me, and I didn't know why. And I keep on looking to the passenger's seat because I felt somebody with me. And all the way up to the hospital room, I felt a presence with me. And so what happened now, that I've been in church for all these years, I realized what happened that night. When I fell on my knees, God had, as I gave God my heart, I gave my life, God took over. God took over. Yes. He took my pain, yes. He took my loneliness, He took my fear away. And He established that peace in my heart. And I'm so thankful. Yeah. Now I look at my kids, I look at my family, and I'm standing here as a testimony, talking to yeah. you, telling you about my experience. Yeah. God yes. is real, He's yeah. good, and He is yeah. a personal God. Yes, He is. said, well, we got some news for you. He's come out of his coma. And he's going to be okay. She said, what happened? She said, I, she said he, he was supposed to die. And they said, well, we can't explain it. But, but some man came and walked into his hospital room that morning. And Joey came up off the bed and talked with the man like he knew him. And he began to pray with this man. And the man left. And Joey laid down and went back to sleep. And everything's going to be okay. And I promise you, to this day, I have no idea who that was. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You're not alone today. Thank you, Jesus. 
you may think that. That you're alone, you may think that. That you've got nowhere to turn, you may think that. You can't talk to mom, you can't talk to dad. You may think that. That there's nobody to turn to. One sister got up to testify during a church service. I was there and I heard her testify this these words. She said that she needed somebody. She said she was hurting. She said she she turned to her kids and they were working, they were busy. And she couldn't she, she couldn't get a hold of them. She said that she her husband came home from work and he had so much going on. And uh, and she she tried to confide in him and said, Hey, honey, I need to talk to you. And he couldn't talk to her. Then she tried to talk to the neighbor. She called her sister. She called her friends. She tried to reach out. She broke down. She said, man, I feel so alone. I, I've got nobody to talk to. And it was at that moment, at that, at that hour, right there in her living room, God spoke to her and said, what about me? Right. <laughs> and so many times we go through life trying to carry our own problems. Just letting the devil beat us up, telling us how lonely we are, how we're never going to recover, how we're never going to do nothing for God, how, how we failed so many times that, oh, I just feel alone. I feel alone. I feel alone. But the Holy Ghost is here today Amen. to lift somebody up. The Holy Ghost is here today to encourage you. Jesus said, Lord, I will be with you always.
translation said, I will not leave you orphans. He said, I will come to you. Yes. Let's get serious with him. God, I need you today, God. I'm broken. 
blessing and